Very good evening and welcome along to this week's Sideline View here on Clare FM. Derek Lynch with you for the next hour. Coming up on the show, looking ahead to a massive day for the Clare footballers on Sunday in Cusick Park. We'll also be talking Camogie, Clare taking on Galway. And we'll have an in-depth preview as well of the FAI Junior Cup quarter-final for Newmarket Celtic. They host Crumlin United down in McDonough Park. Loads to come, but it's football where we go first and after the disappointment of Croke Park last Saturday night. Thoughts have to quickly turn to Cusick Park on Sunday. Cork are the visitors. A high-flying Cork as it is after their big win over Limerick last weekend as well. Joining me to look ahead to this game is uh, former Clare selector David O'Brien. David, you've been in the thick of these National League campaigns, obviously um, a, a, an eight-day turnaround as it is for Clare. Maybe that's a, more of a rarity from that point of view, but very difficult to move on week to week, but they'll just have to. Yeah, they have to, and they're probably look forward to it um, in a way because they're actually playing very well at the minute. So they're ticking an awful lot of boxes. I suppose the, the box they're not ticking at the minute is they're not getting points on the board. But um, over the last couple of weeks, they, they've played very well. I thought the third quarter against Dublin last weekend was probably as good as I've seen Clare play in a long, long time. Um, really moved the ball. Dublin hadn't too many answers for them and probably just ran out a little bit of steam and probably other factors as well. But it was... Um, so I would say performance-wise, they'll be really happy. They'll be looking forward to to facing Cork this weekend. But uh, psychologically, it's probably a, a bigger game than the Dublin because they probably had a free hit at Dublin last weekend. Whereas this weekend against Cork, there is no free hit. They're they're going out. They'll be they're at home. Um, record against Cork has been good over the last couple of years, and and with that all comes pressure. And the fact that they've had two good performances but not had two good results means they're going to have to pick something up this weekend. And that's probably a difficult thing for players to get into their heads. And Cullum referenced it straight after the game as well uh, on Saturday evening that he felt they're playing good football. There was very little wrong with it in that sense, but just, you know, hitting the crossbar. And I suppose in a lot of ways, you talk about the third quarter there that Clare played, but I think if you take the last two games as two 10-minute blocks, Clare outscored something like 14 points to two between the Kildare and Dublin games. So the finishing of the games certainly a cause for concern. Yeah, I suppose it, this is going to sound very strange in that I don't know, is there a possibility that you can ever be too far ahead? But when you are five or six points up and it's getting into that fourth quarter, the tendency can be to drop back and maybe stop doing what you've been doing to get you into that position. And you start trying to play a scoreboard rather than against a team and you're trying, trying to play against the clock. Whereas, and that seems to have happened to them twice in the last in the last two games. Whereas maybe if the game is a little bit closer, you stop looking at the clock, you stop looking at the scoreboard and you just go out and try and play the game. So they probably drop back a little bit deeper in both games than, um, than they would have liked. So that's something that they'll be going after this week is just don't, Forget about the score, forget about the clock, just keep playing the way we're playing. Whereas the last couple of games, and, and look, it was a big thing. You're going up to Croke Park, you're playing Dublin, you're in a position where you probably have prepared for every eventuality, but you probably hadn't prepared to be six points up with 15 or 16 minutes to go. So, and that just gets into maybe finish line fever, probably kicked in a little bit, but that's something that is going to be trying to call them in the lads are going to be trying to knock out them this weekend where forget about everything else, just focus on next ball, next ball, next ball. Whereas maybe the the, the, the ultimate goal maybe might have been getting into people's heads a little bit too early in the last couple of games. And it's probably a strange one as well because I certainly felt watching it that defensively Clare didn't seem to do a whole pile wrong. You know, there was no major thing that you'd point out and say, well, it was self-inflicted. You know, we'll say go back to Navin, obviously we can we can pinpoint what happened there. Kildare, there seemed to be those defensive frailties that they capitalised on maybe more so at the end, but the Dublin one was hard to put your finger on. Nothing was really done wrong in, in any major block. It's just that Dublin picked off points away every couple of minutes. 
Well, Dublin are a team like they, they fought six All Ireland's vote in, in in the last seven or eight years. So they're a team that in momentum. If they get like, and it wasn't like they went to massive scores, they were getting like maybe a point and two or three minutes later getting another point, and they just got momentum. And momentum is massive in any sport. You 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 go and play. Momentum is massive, and it, and if it goes for you at the right time of the game, it's very hard to for the opposition to to turn it. Um. Like Clare didn't concede really any goal chance mm. the last day, even when Dublin were put, getting runners at him at the end, even the last one where we put it over the bar, they, they they still had a structure in place. They weren't going to give up the goal and give him a chance to, you know, they'll give up a point, but to get back out the field again. Um, so they'll be happy with those things, but it is probably just to just probably went that little bit deeper so it meant then that Dublin were able to get their shooters on the ball because they had more space out around that middle third, which they hadn't had up to that. And you talk about goal chances, I suppose any that did come maybe came in the first five or six minutes and in fairness, you know, it was a hairy enough start but Clare held out well. Brilliant save by Stephen Ryan there at one stage as well. And, and even on that goal chances at the other end then, I thought Gavin was excellent in the way he, he gambled as any good forward will for the fumble to come and, and finished it comfortably as well to the bottom corner. Maybe one or two more. Emmett's one that scraped the crossbar. I, I think Gavin came in and fisted one as well in on the angle. So, like, that was the first time we'd seen Clare really threaten goals across the campaign. So, like, it seems really strange. Again, you're coming away with a whole pile of positives, but no points. Yeah, well, look, you're going to have to build on that. And I suppose it, it's it's just, it's that's the cutthroat business of, of Division 2. Uh, if it was if you're in Division 1 or, or Division 3 like that, where there's the little buffers and the, the teams at the top maybe farther away and everyone teams at the bottom have fallen away. In, in Division 2, everyone will be on around the four or six points. So um, performances probably don't mean as much as results in, in Division 2. But leaving that aside, the performances have been really good attacking-wise. Now, they, look, they, give up, they didn't give up a goal against them. Um, uh, Dublin very defensively for 50 minutes against Kildare excellent as well uh, Kildare I know had a, had a few wides but they were from positions where you'd nearly let him shoot um, so there are little things like that I suppose Clare the last day I suppose Ke- the fact that Keelan they were looking to get a couple of lads back Keelan they only got a couple of minutes into him Carl O'Connor was a big loss because just as the game was Clare started to tire a little bit and probably wanted to the, Clare the, loads of really good young lads but I suppose in that game when momentum goes against you you'd love to have had a Carl O'Connor or even a Darren Neal just as older a little bit more experienced lads who would just be able to get in and kill the game and they were sadly lacking even Killian Ryan I know he's young but he's experienced from last year they were big big losses in that last quarter and that seems to be a, a thread as well that the Dublin bench, obviously we know the quality they have, like when you can call on uh, Owen Merchant, Jack McCaffrey, Basquell, all these fellas to come on and see it out, even uh, Niall Scully there in the finish coming on for the last quarter, like big, big names, whereas I suppose the injuries from a clear point of view, it seemed to hamper the options we had, you know, lost Podge at half time. Uh, we understand that was just precautionary and he should be okay for the weekend. Like the, the, the Dublin depth in Division 2 is probably a bit stronger than what everyone else has really. Sure, look, the Dublin probably aren't a Division One, Division Two team, but and when you get to the last four of the All Ireland, they'll probably be in it this year. But that's just that's just where it is, and they're getting to blood players as well. But it's it's look, it's it physicality was probably the big thing in the last fifteen minutes. The the running power of Dublin had, they were getting stronger and stronger. They were probably starting to lose a little bit of theirs. A lot of lads that had given excellent performances had started to tire, which is only natural. But that's probably where you find the difference between the, the, the top three or four teams in the country and everybody else is that they can bring somebody on, maybe not as good, but they can do the same physical running, the same power, whereas the rest of the teams, they tend to get a little bit smaller as, as the benches come on, just get a little bit smaller and when games get against you, then it's harder to hold out. 
taking on a Cork team this weekend that are in good form, probably only a, a, a fingertip away from actually beating Dublin themselves down in Parky Cueve two weeks ago. Racked up a massive score against the Limerick team that seemed really out of sorts at the minute, so maybe there's a false result in that one, but they'll know themselves that they're still not technically safe yet either. They don't want to be dragged back in for the last two rounds, so another big challenge ahead here. Yeah, and Clare are probably going to have to give a better performance than they have done in the last two games because this will probably be a tougher game in that you're going to meet Cork with practically their championship team, whereas Dublin were trying a few. Kildare, it's hard to know if they're hit and miss every game. You can never judge too much about what's happening with Kildare. Um, whereas Cork are going to come with absolutely everything. They're going to look to get that win on the board and that probably makes them safe and they can start thinking about championship. So both teams are going to be going at it as if it's a championship game this weekend. So you're going to need a bigger performance and probably over the whole game, um, 10, 15 minute performances and then switching off in the last 10 or 15 minutes aren't, aren't going to work this weekend. You're just going to have to go with everything because it's probably going to be a tougher game than they've had in, the, in any of the last two. And like from a psychological perspective, given how the last couple of games have gone, a win would be huge from that pr- point of view. I, I think it would take huge pressure. Like watching the squad coming out of the dressing room in Crow Park Saturday evening, the heads were down. You get the feeling that a win would be worth so much to them facing into those last two rounds. Well, a win this weekend, even and this might this might sound a little strange. A win this weekend will give a better feeling on the previous two games because you go look, we had that that block of of three really tough games, Kildare, Dublin, and Cork. We came out of it with with a win. You would have been saying, look, at the start of it, you mean maybe if we got three points out of that or whatever it is. So you've come closer to a, a perceived target out of that little block of fixtures, whereas. If you don't pick up results, you're going, look, we've had all the performances, we've done this, we've got nothing to show for it. And so you'll want this weekend is to have something to show for it after that little block of three fixtures. Yeah, because we know the last, the last two games to come then, it's a trip to Derry and a home tie against a Limerick team who will be still looking around and, and hoping that they can scrape a point or two here or there. But like you don't want it to come down to that nervous last day and you know be checking what's the score apps to, to see where what things are going uh, elsewhere. But I suppose you, you've often used the phrase, David, and we've often laughed about it. One game at a time, it's about that first 70 minutes on Sunday. Oh yeah, you just have to win. You don't want to be putting thinking about anything else. You just want to go out and get the performance. And even probably with the way the games have gone from the last couple of games, they'll even drop it down to even smaller than the game in that they'll be going the next five minutes, the next five minutes, the next five minutes and stop, you know, cut out the whole thing of we've 20 minutes to go, we're leading or we're behind and we start looking at the clock and all this, that they'll be just going, let's get the next pass to play, let's do our next next ball right, next to get the next score, let's do something else. But just really break it down to minute detail because the performance has been really good. So there's something falling down somewhere towards the end of the game so they'll try and change maybe little aspects of how to prepare for in-game eventualities yeah we'll see how the team uh, lines up as well that's to be named later this evening we'll uh, bring that to you on our social media as soon as we have it uh, David thanks for that no bother at all we can hear now from Clare manager Colm Collins who I spoke to after last weekend's loss in Croke Park played some really good football again today and came out of the game with nothing which is very disappointing what do you put that down to? <sighs> I suppose this, uh, you know, in the second half, the first half we weren't too bad. In the second half, we turned over the ball too easily and gave them a platform to attack us. Um, you know, you've got, even though we had a decent lead in that, uh, you still have to keep, you keep attacking the lead and then keep getting, and I think at times we turned over the ball far too easily. But um, at the same time, I still think we did enough to get something out of the game and uh, it's disappointing not to get something. 
Yeah, I suppose decisions in the end kind of went against Clare. I know it's something you're not commenting on. I'm not going to ask you to either. But like players look frustrated and they look seriously disappointed there at the end. They did, yeah. But I suppose the one thing that the players have got to realise is that they're playing really good football, and um, things will come right for them. You know, this, uh, they've been doing very, they've been doing very well, and we're losing games narrowly. Um, you know, potentially you could have the last three games won, like you know, so. You know they've got to realise that they've uh, we've got some serious footballers in Clare and they're playing some really good football and uh, the, t- the results will eventually come. Yeah, I suppose after the disappointment of the Kildare game, you wanted a response and from you know to tick that box, you really got it. Yeah, uh, great credit you to the lads. They really went after the game and uh, you know playing the dubs in their home patches uh, is no is no easy task and uh, we went after it and led until the 70th minute. So you know that um, it was. Uh, it's just imp- disappointing not to get something out of it, but I think that um, when the lads look at it in the cold light of day, they'll be very happy with the football they're playing and some of the scores they're getting. And let's get, get tidy up on the turnovers and a few other things, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, but on the physical sense, it was a monumental effort that will take a lot out of the legs, and it's another quick turnaround. It will, yeah. You're, you're playing again next week, but so is everybody else. It's as good for the goose as the gander, so I wouldn't be complaining about that. The lads will be fine. Uh, they have an extra day you now, and. Uh, hopefully prepare for our next uh, outing against Cork and, and next Sunday. The views there of Colm Collins. Hopefully the results will match the performance this weekend and get clear back on track. Commentary to come from 2 o'clock on Sunday with Jones and Supervalue in Milton. We're turning our attentions now to Camogie where the train rumbles on for the Clare senior team in the National League. The juniors also getting their year underway. Uh, but seniors where we'll focus on this evening with uh, Derek Dormer. Uh, Derek, uh, a short enough trip for Clare up to Kilbacon to take on Galway, but uh, we've seen them twice now in action, I suppose. Maybe it's a, a good gauge to see where Clare are at, a win and a loss. But from a performance perspective, uh, where do you place it? Well, the win and a loss, you know, and it's a results-based business, but performances really were like chalk and cheese, to be honest. The intensity levels they had against Kilkenny, they just did not replicate against Cork. So... You know, Saturday's trip to Kilbacanty will be a huge test, and I don't know if the result is as important as you know the the requirement for a top performance, Derek. Like they really need to up the physicality levels because against Cork they were just physically outgunned for the entire contest. And when you're playing these top three teams, you know Kilkenny, Cork, Galway, three weeks in a row, it's a big physical test, it's a big mental test. So it's important that regardless of how the, the final result goes, the Clare put in a, a performance because they certainly didn't last week in Parky Rin. Yeah, what, what changed for you from the Kilkenny to the Cork game? Well, I suppose the six-day turnaround from such a high of beating Kilkenny and a physical intense battle probably didn't help, whereas Cork coasted to an, uh, uh, really an annihilation of Dublin. I think it was 5.21 to 5 pints or, you know, it was something outrageous like that. So Cork then were, f- were warned that Clare were coming after beating Kilkenny. So, you know, Cork probably took it more serious than they might normally take a National League game. They had all their big guns out. When I arrived in Parky Rin, you could see the intensity of Cork even in the warm-up. You know, they, they were there to make a statement. And I just think that physically, 
the middle third Clare just got completely and utterly wiped out half back line midfield and the half forward line was just not in the game and every time the ball and that's the battleground in Camogie these days is the middle third as it is in modern hurling but you know Clare were just second best in the physical stakes they could not get their hand on the slitter when they did get it into the inside line they won some frees, created a couple of goal chances, but it was in the issue was getting the slitter into the inside line. Time and time again, Cork overturned position far, far too easily. And I'd say that physical stake won't drop this weekend. Galway will have plenty of that around that middle third as well. And uh, I understand team to be named tonight, but a couple of players, I think Orla Duggan and Leisha Ryan might be um, observing uh, concussion protocols at the minute, so they're not available. They'd obviously be a huge boost. So a chance for one or two more players to come in here and learn a little bit more. Um, but like, if you look down the road, the Kilkenny or the Tip and Dublin games are to come. So, from John Carmody's point of view, as you said at the outset, there maybe more about how his team will go about things ahead of those games. Absolutely, and that's that's where we're where we're at, Derek. Is trying to break in to. To, we'll say if we could finally get to the knockout stages in the All-Ireland Championship and get, you know, if we could break into the top four because that fourth spot is up for grabs. There is no doubt that your Kilkenny, Galway and Cork are the top three teams as as results have shown in the All-Irelands the last few years. But that fourth spot last year, Waterford broke through, you know, Tipperary the year before and, and Clare beat Tipperary in Championship last year. Let's not forget that. It was just a backlog of games and a smaller squad cost them last year. This year, they have the bigger squad. And again, now it's an opportunity of girls to, to stand up and stake their claim for a place. But I just think they will need some more physicality. Emer Kelly was in Parky when she wasn't togged. You know, she'd be a huge addition when she comes back. Um, I think Claire are in a good position, in a good place with the Camogie. We have some fine, fine players. It's just a case of getting that experience and open the physical levels to compete with those top teams. And that's where Claire should be aiming for is to beat Tipperary and beat Dublin and make a statement to the rest of the country that look we are coming we mightn't be here yet but we are on the way and you just have to look at the success of Scarif Gunnelow and you know Aina Kilnamona being close in Munster Club Finals whoever wins the Clare Championship tends to be in a Munster Club Final so we are you know, we are one of the top, top Camogie counties in, in, in the country thank God and I just think if we can just get that little extra not dark arts for one, but just a bit more physicality in our game. You know, it's not hunger, it's not desire. These girls will give you everything. Just a bit more grit and, you know, a bit more bite in the tackle. And I think we can be going to, to really good places. And just on tomorrow's opponents, probably hard to read for their at either. They obviously got turned over by tip in round one. Um, the more than Clare then beat Kilkenny in round two. So, I mean, it's been a mixed bag for them so far as well. And, you know, maybe this time of the year is the time that you could take advantage of that. Absolutely. And look, if you look at it, that's probably what happened. Kilkenny are probably a little bit behind the, the curve, we'll say, because All-Ireland champions, they mightn't be back into full swing. Galway, you know, will they be taking the National League? They might try to be, you know, blooding a few new players. The top three teams obviously have their eye on winning the All-Ireland. Cork, Cork, I think, are on a mission this year. They, they, they made a statement last week and they feel hard done by in last year's All-Ireland final. And Galway are... Galway are a fine camogie side, you know, they've won the All-Ireland a couple of times and, you know, they've top teams both at senior and intermediate level. Like, So, it's a good chance for Clare to go up. It will be a tough ask. 
it depends on how Galway approach it too. But what's most important for Clare is that they stand up to Galway. Don't be bullied because they were bullied against Cork, for want of a better expression. They were definitely bullied. If Clare cannot be bullied, we definitely have the Camogie players. And we have the scoring threat in the inside line, without a doubt. I just think that maybe, you know, I'm not one to be telling John Carmody anything, but I think Clare Heher is such a pivotal player that maybe, you know, she could be utilised more at six and release Neva D in her, her athleticism to midfield and, but these are all things that the National League is there for is to tweak and, and twist and get ready for the championship but I just think in that middle third we need to add a bit more physicality and Galway will, will be a, certainly a physical test because they're not shy either Derek Absolutely that one is a half three start in Kilbacanty on uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, before that though Derek and uh, just a brief word on this because again it's probably a bit of an unknown for the juniors they start out in Fadamac Park uh, against Limerick they'll know plenty about each other they've met quite a bit but we don't like obviously that monster title was brilliant last year. Very unlucky in the All Ireland series uh, up in uh, up in Omor or in uh, Tullamore on that particular occasion as well. But like a few of those juniors have probably stepped up a level now. Um, as I say, just a little bit unknown. It's the first day out, so I suppose nobody will know probably what to read into it too much. No, um, that's the thing. It is. It is uh, into the unknown, as you say. We will have lost some key players. You know, Abby Walsh has stepped up, and she was pivotal last year for Clare and the juniors. Um, but we will still be strong. And there's a determination there. I mean, they were they lost by a pint after double extra time in an All Ireland semi final. You know, and 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 Antrim beat them and won the All Ireland. So, I mean, it. It's like a holy grail from it was great to get the Munster crown, but I know that that junior core group have the rise in the All Ireland, and the core group hasn't changed. You know they have a wealth of experience with Sinead Hogg and Michelle Powell, and you know they have some good young players as well. I think myself going on the last few years, Clare will probably be far too strong for Limerick, no matter what side Limerick turn up with. I just think that Clare Camogie is 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 ahead of Limerick Camogie. And I think no matter what team the juniors put out, they, they should win. But it is slightly into the unknown as what the 15 will be. I just know that they've almost 50 training together like they had last year. And for the junior players to be training with the seniors, to get out in the field with your Clare Hehers and Emer Kellys and Neva D and you're only 17 years of age, that can only bring you on. So I think Clare Camogie are doing everything right. I think the powers that be have appointed the right man. I think we're in a really good, good spot with Clare Camogie. And we're definitely on the rise at all levels. Scarfa Gunlo have epitomised that, you know, and, and Clare last year, who will ever forget it? You were with me. I was with you, I should say. But we were down in Parky in for that Munster final and we won the greatest games we've ever seen all right we come out on the wrong side of it after another double extra time but that's what Claire Camogie is aiming for is to be at the top top table and I think honestly we're firmly on the way I think everything's in place both junior and seniors training together great management structure top man in charge and we have some quality players so it's, it's it's all rosy as much as we shouldn't get excited about beating Kilkenny in the, in the opening round of the National League we shouldn't get too down about losing to Cork last week either it's all a process Derek it's, it's putting the building blocks in place you know now we'll know more about that tomorrow afternoon two games to keep an eye on uh, for that Derek Dormer thanks very much we have much more to come here in Sideline View don't go anywhere now it's a massive weekend ahead for Newmarket Celtic FAI Junior Cup action a quarter final at home down in McDonough Park and when you talk about Newmarket Celtic one name that's always thrown out is the man that has served both on executive level on the field and indeed on the sideline as well Liam Murphy uh, he's with me to look ahead to it and Liam above all else it, it's the, it's a soccer game obviously but it's more than that it's an occasion it's a massive day for the club huge game for the area and a huge amount of interest in it yeah, fantastic occasion, Derek. Um, I suppose 
great to be back in another FBI quarter final. You know, it's a few years since we were there, but um, massive occasion for a club um, to be recognised at this level, at this stage of the competition. One that should bring out a huge crowd um, in the local soccer circles, and and one we're very much looking forward to. It's interesting you say it's a few years since we were there. You make it sound as if it's something that you should be getting to every year. But, I mean, this is a competition with clubs from one end of the country to the other. It, it's a major achievement to get there at all, let alone, you know, twice now within those couple of years that the market has. So that's a fair testament to the level that you're comfortable being at. Yeah, I suppose, look, the first time we got there um, a number of years ago, we um we took on Murphy in the quarter final. I suppose we were taking them on in the back of having dominated Clare soccer for the previous seven or eight years. So that was a natural progression or step for us to take. Um, having lost the league and cup last year and probably not at our strongest in terms of how we were prepared and how we performed. Um, you know this is a complete bonus. You know if you would say to anyone involved in the market Celtic, with the greatest respect to everyone involved, that we would be in this position still unbeaten as we go into the first of March. Um you know, we would have we would have been, I suppose, pretty surprised. Um so to be to be in this position this weekend facing Crumlin in a quarter final of an FBI is, is absolutely massive. And it's it's an absolute testament to the work Paddy, Owen, Stephen and, and the players have, have put in. Yeah, and it's not just the culmination of this year's efforts. Obviously, I mean, you were perfectly placed to, you know, go back to a time when perhaps this journey started. The, the genesis of the whole thing, like Newmarket in the last 10 to 15 years have been incredibly dominant, but there was a time before that when the club were aiming to be. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, I suppose I always, the reference point for, for many of the people that were that have been involved over the last 10 to 12 years and, and are currently involved would, would be Philip Shire and probably Paddy Condon. You know, going back to the mid-2000s, we we as a club had, had developed two new pitches. We had a clubhouse and the plans off the pitch were to, to get to where or close enough to where we are now. But, um, you know, I suppose that was success off the pitch. But on the pitch, we knew we had to get our, our ducks in a row. And, and we were sitting back looking at avenues and Bridge United and Bunratties with these clubs winning leagues. And we wanted a piece of that action. And I suppose, you know, we put the right infrastructure in place in terms of coaching and training methods and things like that. And forest fruits, I suppose, over the last 10 years with, with, with clear cups and leagues and knocking on the door of Munster Juniors and, and FEIs and... and um, you know, I suppose. Look, it's again. You look at the players involved today. I suppose when I started off in the in the managing, coaching side of things, you know, I was very blessed to have young players coming through and the in the likes of Owen O'Brien, Owen Hayes, Darren Cullen, and these guys. And I mean, look at them; they're still going as strong as ever today. And and uh, I won't put that down to my coach. You know, I put that more down to their preparation, how they look after themselves, and their professional attitude, and how they go about their business. And it can often be that bit of luck where a particular group comes together that are committed, driven, talented as that particular group are, you know, and I suppose it's all about that mindset as well, because there can often be a case of a club will say, sure, look, we're, we're surviving away, we're putting out a team, we're, we're providing the game for the lads in our area, but it takes an extra special bit of drive in to push on and say, I want a little bit more than that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, we could have turned around as a as a club, as a as opposed to an eighteen squad after last May having or June having lost the league and the cup and threw in the towel. But um I suppose the attitude is ingrained in the club that let's let's get back on top. You know, we were fairly written off in, in soccer circles in Clare after after losing both of those and 
you know, to the detriment of 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 some of those players. They were they were told they were too old, and you know, again, I'll go back to the work Paddy Purcell has done, uh, Owen O'Brien, Stephen Austin, what they have done in terms of bringing some of those youth players through, adding to the squad, and and you know, carrying on the, I suppose the the the, the policies and procedures we had in place from many years ago, and 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 those players took on the baton and, and carried it on, and as I said. You know, we're, we're finding ourselves in, in the last eight now of a Munster Junior as well as an FEI, but at the same time competing again, competitive again in Clare for, for the league and, and the Cup, uh, as well as the U Kelly Cup. So, I mean, look, it's, it's a good time. It's a good place for us, um, but we know how easy it is to lose it and uh, how hard it is to get back to where we are. And that mindset probably comes from having to put in the foundation to get to where you've been. And it strikes me every time I talk to somebody in the market Celtic, and I could be talking to them on the subject of an FAI or a Munster Junior game, but the bread and butter is always spoken about, the League and Cup. That's the most important thing because that's what you started out probably aiming for. So this, the sight of where you've come from has never been lost. Absolutely. Again, like it's, it's I mean, the lads that are involved, Again, I, I keep referring to Paddy and Owen and, and Stephen. Like they're experienced enough to know that if we're beaten next Sunday, you know, life goes on. It's been a great run in the FEI Cup. It'll probably be forgotten about next year. Um, but at the end of the day, we're looking to win back the Clare League. We're looking to win back the Clare Cup. Um, and, and that's what we train week in, week out to do. Um, uh, you know, it's, I suppose it would be pretty remiss to refer to the Munster Junior FEI last eight stages as, as as just the bonus territory of course we're at this stage now on merit and we want to try and win both of them um, and we'll be doing everything in our power to do that um, and it is you know built on the foundations of a big big squad who are all putting the effort in and training hard to try and compete in all five competitions um, but, you know either either we'll we'll do it or we won't but we'll certainly give it a, a, a great effort to, to try and achieve it yeah, and that's a, that unbeaten run, you probably can't put a price on it. it. It struck me listening to the Roscommon football manager after their loss at the weekend where he spoke about the unbeaten run and he was glad it was over because it took a bit of pressure off them. Now, obviously, you don't want anything like that to happen, but it can become another thing that you have to deal with, this talk of the unbeaten run. Yeah, look, I, I suppose it was we had one nine in a row. We were going for ten. I was involved in six of those, and we were very proud of every one of them. Um, but I have to, I have to say, like it wasn't. I, 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 I wouldn't say it was a pressure on us um, going for ten. We were just beat by a better team, who were better prepared, who were, who you know, we have to give credit to Avenue. They they turned up today and and they won the game fair and square. So, um, you know, I suppose despite winning nine of those, we probably came close to losing that run somewhere along the way to Bridge United as well as probably Avenue B or someone along the way as well. So, you know, it was it was it was great that we won nine. You know, I don't know if it'll ever be done again and that's a that's a record in itself. But um, you know, as I said, we ended up the season with it in with no silverware and, and uh, it was just a chance to I suppose reinvigorate the squad and rebuild and freshen things up and, and uh, that's what the lads have done now. It's a home quarter final against a Dublin side coming down to Clare if you win it's a home semi-final as well. That's a huge, huge carrot, but I suppose something that you have to block out for this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, Semi-finals are... I haven't even been talking about, to be honest, because we know what we're facing in Crumlin United. Um, very, very good side, littered with experience and, and youth and um, all the qualities you would associate with a good Dublin team. 
um, you know, won their last run comfortably enough and um, have, have, I think, only conceded one, two goals along the way in their six or seven rounds thus far. So, you know, look, they, they, want, they want fear. The market Celtic, they'll come down uh, confident in their own ability and, and um, it, should, it should be a cracking tie, to be fair. Um, you know, we're just hoping we have a big support, we have everyone fit and well, and, and uh, we'll see what happens in on the day, you know. Yeah, and just finally to go back to the point we started on, like that, that home advantage, the big crowd, you know, it, it, they can be in on top of you at times in McDonough Park down there along the sideline as well, but like fantastic sporting pedigree in, in the village, in the parish, and no doubt that, that's something that you look to draw on. Yeah, and again, it was, um, I suppose, the last FEI home quarterfinal draw we had was against Jamesburg from Limerick. And, and um, obviously, being so close to Clare, Jamesburg brought a big crowd with them, um, as well as a big market crowd. And like you say, you know, it, it can be, I suppose, an intimidating atmosphere. And, and that's the way we want it for, for Crumlin. We'll make no mistake about saying that. Um, but in a fair way, you know, and, and um, as I said, like, you know, we like... We, we want to be in this position we want to be compete with the big clubs and uh, you know the carriage is there if you as you mentioned if you do win you're in a you know, home semi-final um, but it's it's important that we recognise the challenge and, uh, and meet it and we worry about anything else after that Liam thanks for that now if Newmarket Celtic are going to get over the line this weekend one man that will play a key role in that of course is David McCarthy delighted to say that he's with me on the line at the minute to have a look ahead to it David exciting times I guess you've been involved in a number of big games for club and county but I would imagine this one ranks right up there a home quarter final in an FAI Cup yeah Derek I mean listen it's when we got over the last 16 game against regional we were kind of you know, anxiously waiting for the draw, and you're just hoping that your, you know, your number gets pulled out for a home draw. I think we've maybe five or six games played in the FA this year, and at least five of them have been away. You know, we've been long journeys to Wexford and Dublin, and a couple of times down in Kerry and those places. You know, so yeah, delighted with a with a home draw, expecting you know the Newmarket faithful to turn out in good numbers and bring their uh, vocal support to kind of try to help us get over the line. Yeah, it must be a really exciting camp to be involved in at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been a great season to this point really, you know, we've had um sort of a lot of a lot of games in different competitions and been able to kind of get through and manage them kind of fairly well. But we've brought in a lot, you know, five or six of our youths from last year and a couple of new lads. So really freshen things up and everyone's playing a role like last Wednesday night in the Hugh Kelly Cup, we were able to make, I think, 11 changes from the team that played Shannon Town at the weekend and kind of test them into the squad. They went out and, you know, knocked Avenue out of the, out of the Hugh Kelly, like. So, um, it shows that we have, uh, you know, all lads kind of chomping at the bit, looking to fight for their place. So, it's all good. And you mentioned the young fellas playing their part in, in, in driving what you're doing at the minute. And it's interesting that the word Avenue followed closely after that because was it a case of seeing your, you know, your, your crown taken off you after having so many of them that kind of gave you a renewed, renewed focus of getting it back? You know, that dynamic of chasing it rather than defending it. Yeah, look, I mean, it's 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 different, Derek, really, because we've we had been the defending champions probably for you know a good number of years, really. So, I mean, the dynamic of trying to win it back is is definitely there. There is that kind of element of trying to regain what we believe that we're you know capable of going and winning this year. So the the challenge is that we were up against you know 
a really strong avenue team to be to be fair. So I mean it's not it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. We have a long way to go in all competitions yet. So we're just I suppose we're delighted to be where we are at the moment, Derek. Um you know it's been kind of a, a really good season to this point. We've blooded a lot of new young lads and every one of them has played their part along the way. So uh, we still have a few the, maybe the older lads like myself and Owen Don Hayes is still there and David O'Grady, you know. But uh, a lot of new 18, 19, 20 year olds who are, you know, bringing new energy. And getting our, our coach back, Steve Austin, has been, you know, invaluable, really. He's such a, a shoe kind of tactical sort of, he's got a tactical brain on him. So he loves that side of things and bringing that into the training sessions has definitely kind of give us a new lease of life. And that's as much, I suppose, a vote of confidence in, in Paddy Purcell as much as it is Steve Austin because I think Paddy would have worked under Steve at one stage as well as a player and you would have played alongside him. So to have that depth of talent and, and, and soccer knowledge on your sideline must be very comforting as a player. Yeah, it's absolutely. Paddy is you know, a fantastic player. He was a brilliant uh, teammate, brilliant leader for us and has taken on the... I suppose the difficult task of like making the transition from being a player, a teammate of a lot of us, to now being our manager. And to be fair to him, he's taken to it really well. He's he's such a genuine lad. You can you know pick up the phone to him and you know speak to him about anything really, and he'll always like give you good advice. Um, and Owen O'Brien as well. Owen might not thank me for this. I don't think he's officially retired, but we need to get him back soon. But he's part of the coaching uh, squad as well now, or the coaching team. So he's really, they're all, like all three are working really well together. And obviously Owen McCarthy as well in the background doing doing all the, the stuff that people don't tend to see or maybe don't value as much. But I tell you, you'd value it if he wasn't there, you know. Yeah, that's the fact that there's a huge amount of work goes on. And, and that goes right across the club. Like to, to walk into McDonough Park now as opposed to maybe seven or eight years ago, like night and day, beautiful new Astro facility, pitch always in great nick and, and a brilliant atmosphere to look forward to as well. So like that, it, it's a whole club effort to get here. It's not just, it's, it's the sum of all parts, isn't it? It is, of course, yeah. Some fantastic you know, people down in the club, they're you know, working away in the background doing all the promotional stuff or you know, fundraising and, and always trying to push the club onto the next level. I mean, there's plans at the moment you know, for a new clubhouse and the people of the market, to be fair, are always so generous as well, getting behind, you know, our team and the other teams in the club as well. So, so really, it's a, it's like most clubs, Derek. Really, you've got so many volunteers and so many people who are putting so much time and effort into it. Um, and that's for us as part of the A team squad. You know, the, the the kids of the area look up to us, so it's nice that we're able to give something back by sort of going on the runs that we're on at the moment. You know. And from what you've done this season, then I'd imagine while you'll obviously respect your opposition, you always do, but don't get the feeling there's going to be any great fear of a Dublin team walking into your home patch. No, not necessarily. I'm, I'm, for me now, at my age or with the experience I have behind me, I've you know it's it's another game. I know that's cliche, but it is another game for me. Maybe some of the younger lads, you know, it's probably going to be the biggest game that they'll have played, or certainly in terms of maybe a crowd and that, but. You know, they, we've been on to them all week or all all season. We just take the next game as it comes because you can't kind of focus or look too far ahead because you're only as good as your last one. And yesterday or this weekend was a difficult match. We had to clear a cup. Again, some of our young lads did really well to kind of make sure that we advanced the next round. And looking forward now, all kind of attention can look forward to uh, Crumlin this Sunday. 
And I'm just wondering on that, like the fact that the squad depth has kind of evolved so much, does it almost feel then like the, the fellas that might have a little bit more miles on the clock, you know, maybe don't have to put in as as hard an effort as, as before? Can you sometimes maybe spare, spare yourself a little bit for those more crucial moments? Well, I think looking at, at how the squad has been managed this year, I know like on a personal level that yeah, Paddy and the lads have spoke to me often, like just checking in how I'm feeling. Um, I had a busy week probably two weeks ago in terms of I was playing in the Collingwood for, for UL in Belfast. So just minding the minutes for me is like more a case of, you know, maybe like I, I was left out of the squad for Wednesday's game. I wasn't involved at all. I was able to get a, you know, a rest for that game. Um, yesterday again, just someone like myself and Owen, we were both, you know, left out. And I suppose people can say dropped or whatever, but it's much more of a squad-based thing at the moment. Um, and then they would come in for like 20, 30 minutes to try to see out the job, you know. And then there's other games where the boys might think, you know, we need to be in from the start, you know. So I must say that the lads have done really well in terms of kind of keeping the whole squad happy because it is difficult. We have a big squad, but a lot of new young lads who are learning, you know, as we go like this, this club wants to kind of win every competition we enter and it won't be done with 11 players, you know what I mean? It'll be... 20, 22, man, 26, I think we might have on the squad. And everyone has played at least some part along the way. And on a personal level, David, both on the field and indeed even this afternoon on the phone, uh, you sound like a guy and look like a guy that's enjoying his game at the minute and you're very happy with where you are. Yeah, honestly, this last year was a difficult one in terms of, I suppose, losing out uh, Clare Cup and the league to Avenue on the final decider, the final day. But it was more so as disappointment in Munster Junior and FI. We went out early in kind of those competitions as well. And the season kind of just meandered out, really. Whereas this year, new energy, new voices, just everyone kind of new lease of life in the club and just loving it, really, at the moment. Really enjoying my soccer, really enjoying the training side of things, the tactical side of how we've now kind of progressed. We very astute uh, coach like Steve Austin. So he's bringing on new you know, new ideas, new kind of formations or tactics kind of uh, uh, every week, really, based on who we're playing against. And just finally, we touched on it at the start, that big home support. You know, it's a tidy spot down on the sideline there in McDonough Park. You'll want to make it as raucous as possible. Yeah, look, uh, everybody that comes into McDonough Park knows that it's a, you know, it's it's proven to be a difficult place to come and, and play for teams over the, over the last number of years anyway. Um, and that's, I suppose down to lads on the pitch but also that we do get a, a, a very good uh, home support and they they always get behind us and I think locally just speaking to, to other people around the county like there's a lot of people who want us to do well you know um, from other clubs particularly good relations with uh, some of the other clubs in in the league and I've had a lot of well wishes throughout the season in, in various competitions you know hoping that we go well and you know, it is good to see uh, a Clare club still in the last eight of an FI and the last eight of a Munster Junior, which is, I think there's only one other club in the country that are in both, and that's Balanti Rovers and Limerick. So it's um, it's 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 all it's all down to uh, a squad effort and, and the people of the the village as well getting out to support us. Thanks for that, David, and the best of luck to all involved. We'll be keeping you updated both on air and online from McDonough Park on Sunday afternoon. We're back shortly here on Sideline View. Welcome back to Sideline View here on Clare FM where it's time for this week's Greyhound Focus with Alan Troy. Clare FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland. 
because this runs deep. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's Greyhound Focus. There was two nights racing at Galway Greyhound Stadium last weekend. Friday night proved memorable for Kilmehill native John Collins. He recorded a nice double with kennel mates Brickhill Jane and Brickhill Daisy. Jane, a daughter of Skywalker Logan and Could Kevin Be Wrong, recorded a first career success in the opening A6 contest on Friday's card in a time of 29.74. And Brickhill Daisy, who John owns in partnership with former Ballier resident Albert Long, has proved to be a tremendous servant over the last three years and took her career tally of victories to 15 when she stopped the clock in 29.28. Daisy is a daughter of Droopy Sydney and Ratmehan May. In a novice 5 to 5 contest, honours went to John Quinn from Gort with Fast Fit Pinney. This homebred daughter of Dorota's Wildcat and Fast Fit Maeve recorded 1966 for the 350 yards trip. In the concluding A4 550 yards contest on Saturday night, Blaze Bill came up trumps for Tony Brigdale from Innes when he landed the spiles in 3074. This was career win number two for this son of Rising Brandy and Drabbeg Princess. And Limerick Greyhound Stadium is gearing up nicely for the upcoming Con and Annie Kirby Memorial, which carries a winner's prize of 80,000. Five trial stakes were held at the stadium on Saturday evening last, and while we had no Clare-owned winners, we are sure to have plenty of Clare dogs in the hat for the draw in three weeks' time. There was racing on Monday evening last at Limerick, and there was a quick-fire double for Little Brother and Sister, Astralia and Astro Blaze. Owned by the faecal contingent of Gary and Damien Pepper and trained by Tullas Dorney Duggan, these siblings of Magical Bale and Astro Eva both recorded their first career successes. Leah won in 29.60 for an EA contest and Blaze stopped the clock in 19.23 for the 350-yard trip. The concluding race of the evening went to Shannon native Jerry Cooney with no time to bail. Trained by Morris Organ from Tipperary, this son of Magical Bale and No Time to Talk recorded a first career win in 29.57. And after 12 races on offer last night at Limerick, six came home to the banner. Dardis Wipaws got the show on the road for Donald and Darren Cooney of O'Callaghan Mills in an A4 contest. A son of Dorota's Wildcat in urban fashion, he recorded a fifth career success in 29.38. And Slahini Ruby justified her favourite tag for No Market on Ferguson's Peg Linehan, as she recorded a first career success in 29.47. Ruby is a daughter of Good News and Dara Pitt. And Miles Cummins presented two pints for Aidan and Seamus Duggan from Quinn in an A3 contest. And this son of Paddy's Magic and Miles Girl ran out an impressive winner by three lengths in 29.10 to record his fifth career whip. Noel Moroni from Mullock entered the winner's enclosure with Termana Den, who recorded a personal best of 29.01. And this was career win number four for this son of Magical Bale and Cloney Ogan Butte. The 11th race of the evening was a novice 525 contest, and honours went to Milltown Malbis Jerry Buck with Malbay Kelly. A daughter of Magical Bale and Malbay Alley, she caught the eye with a 11 length victory in 29.27. And the finale of the evening was an A8 contest. The journey home to Tienis Diamond was a sweet one for Tom Flanagan after Dietry Advice notched his first career success in impressive fashion with a 29.07 run. He's a homebred son of Romeo Recruit and Trembling Juliet. And last weekend, the annual Irish Cup meeting brought this year's course and season to an end. Attendances were up on previous years at the Limerick venue, in which was a very well-run meeting. The accolade of the Irish Cup winner went to Brendan Matches from Newry with cool spirit. 
And from a Clare perspective, Jeru Hope ran with distinction and was a gallant runner-up in the Dick Fitzgerald Irish Plate for Johnny, Jenna and Ruth O'Donoghue from Cree. That's all for this week, folks. Slán agus Clare FM's Greyhound Updates in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland. Because this runs deep. Alan, thanks very much indeed for that. A few other bits to run through this evening before we go. Uh, Munster playing this evening in the URC and of course Clare's Ethan Coughlin part of the matchday squad uh, for the province there. They're taking on the Scarlets down at a sold-out Musgrave Park in Cork. Kick-off there at 7.35. Hopefully more minutes on the field for Ethan, uh, of course, who featured versus the Ospreys uh, in that game as well a couple of weeks ago. So that one has a 7.35 start in Musgrave Park. Later on this evening as well, we'll also have the teams, uh, the Clare Camogie and Clare football teams for the weekend's action. So we'll bring you those online uh, as soon as we have them. And uh, just a bit of soccer news that reached us uh, this afternoon. The draw for the quarterfinals of the Munster Junior Cup. Newmarket Celtic away to Ferrybank of Waterford in a couple of weeks' time and uh, should they win that they'll also be going through to an away semi-final uh, so plenty to keep an eye on in that one uh, it's where we have to leave you though for this evening's show thanks for your company as always busy weekend ahead and you won't miss any of it with us here on Clare FM and also just to let people know next weekend we will be previewing the All-Ireland Senior D football final for St. Joseph's Spanish Point. They take on Clara of Offaly, former school of Shane Lowry's, of course. And uh, delighted to confirm we will be bringing you full commentary of that game on Saturday afternoon. Details to be confirmed in the next couple of days. But that's one to look forward to. And as I said, we'll preview that on the show next week. Uh, the West Wind up next here on Clare FM with the best of music and song until nine o'clock. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.